Hello, beautiful people. This is Flash Black Radio. Specifically, shit you might have missed on Flash Black Radio. I am DaVinci Parks, a.k.a. Lee Bennett III. In the studio with me, I have Ms. Takia, a.k.a. T-Rich. And calling in, I have Ms. Christy Hunt, a.k.a. K-Savage. Hey, y'all. Indeed, indeed. Still missing in action is Mr. Slim Williams. Uh, we have we, we had a fun conversation about that earlier. You don't love us no more. But he it is all right. like the jump off. Yeah, we still love Slim. We uh, we we uh, we're um, looking for him to come back uh, when he gets a chance. Me. So uh, until then, we're gonna hold down the fort as the usual suspects minus one. Today is February twenty sixth, two thousand sixteen. Before I go it's another two thousand seventeen. I'm no. sorry, two thousand seventeen. You're exactly right. Mm-hmm. That's the first time I've done that all year. Wow. Mm. That's, wow, that's kind of crazy. But anyway. 2017, February 26th, before I go another further, I wanted to give a shout out to my boy OJ, uh, that's Willis Miles Jr., also known as OJ, who actually uh, created the theme music that you hear that brings the show in and takes the show out. Today is his birthday. Uh, his his wife was a couple of days before, so what up, Isa? And yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. So yep, yep, yep. Happy birthday, all that good stuff. Now let's get to it. Um, we got a few things we want to talk about. Takia. Oh, excuse me, T. Rich. I was hoping that I could start with you first this time. Please don't. I'm so unprepared. The only thing I have to discuss is Remy. Girl, that's the only thing I got. We can discuss it. That like consumed my whole Saturday. Well, well, I I know this. I know this for a fact. Um, (laughs) We've had many discussion on music and and TV and stuff like that or whatever. We're both like um, very big fans of hip hop. So I know that uh, you were a fan of Remy Ma before she got locked up. I was. Yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, we've had many uh, conversations. We found Remy Ma to be uh, uh, entertaining, yet, you know, she she says some very ignorant shit. I just say that. I she was... has. But I, 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 there's something about Remy Ma that I like um, that goes beyond just, you know, just straight, like, lyricism and bars. So just, I think she's more genuine um, as opposed to some of the other artists that are out there, whatever you want to take from that. But I was at a brunch yesterday and left. Turn on the radio to hear uh, the evisceration of <laughs> Nicki Minaj. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What is going on on my on my radio right now? And then I turned to another station and they played it and then played it again. And of course, because you know, the internet wins all the awards for being super petty. All the memes and I just, I was, I was living yesterday um because like you said i am a fan of reminisce so once i heard once i had a chance to sit down and listen to exactly what miss reminisce had to say about onika point by point just line by line okay so i i need to do this what is the do you know the origin of this because this to me this feels like it's out of nowhere and and a full disclaimer to the audience i intended to listen to it yesterday just on the off chance that this got brought up but other things just took precedence, so I didn't get around to it. I will listen to it probably by the end of the day. Um, I've seen a lot of f- feedback or you know, on Facebook or whatever and other social media. Some people say it's not that deep. Yo, it was all right. Other people say, yo, she didn't really body her. Other people say, yo, she murdered uh, Nikki. Do you, does anybody know the actual foundation or the root of this beef? Or have so, an idea? back before uh, Remy got locked up, Nikki put out a mixtape, and in the mixtape, um, in the intro to it, it sounded like she was coming for Remy. 
And when the listening party for the mixtape happened, Remy showed up. She tried to speak to Nikki like, hey, girl, you talking about me? And Nikki never confirmed or denied that she was talking about her. Then Remy, you know, Remy was Remy. And that bitch took her money and she shot her friend in the stomach because Remy. And then she... <laughs> And then she went to prison and, uh, you know, Nikki kept making these little comments about like, oh, you the queen, whatever, whatever, whatever. And there was also some thought from Nikki's camp that maybe some of the lines that Remy was doing was related to Nikki. And then Remy went on the um, breakfast club and was like, look, if I'm talking about you, I'm going to say your name. You won't have to guess if I'm talking about you or not. And that's hip hop to me. So then Friday, um, Nikki was a guest on a song that Gucci released and was making reference again to like, oh, you you think you're the queen of rap and you don't have all these plaques and I got all these plaques. And so then uh, Reminisce sat down <laughs> and pinned seven minutes. Oh, is that long? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So she was feeling away. She was yes. feeling away, and she let you know all the ways that she was feeling. She let you know, I am talking about you, Nikki, because she said her name, Nikki Minaj, several times. Anika. She talked about her. Yeah, she put her government out there. She mentioned her <laughs> brother's name. She mentioned her ex-paramour's name. Really she paramour. mentioned. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> which, she which mentioned one? Friends. Because there were several names right. dropped. Yeah. Yes. Well, I know, too, unfortunately. That's two more than I should know. Well, you know, whatever. Yeah, so uh, it was, as a fan of Remy and just a fan of, like, battle raps, mm -hmm. it was it was beautiful. Because that's how I, I got onto Remy Ma. I just happened to be perusing the internets and saw that she was doing, like, these battles against other female, female MCs, MCs. And I was yeah. like, what? Yeah, like the Lady Luck joint was pretty classic back in the day. Yeah, me and um, Cicely were just talking about that the other day, actually. Yeah. I mean, my actual introduction to Remy Ma is through her her um, mentor, I guess you would say, because she was referred to as his protege in Big Pun. So I think on the Yeah Baby album, I think she was on there once or twice. And when I heard on there, I wasn't like wowed. I mean, you know, it's always nice to hear, like, you know, there, there's a balance to me when it comes to like female, like I like female energy when it comes to hip hop. You know, I'm a big fan of, say, Lauren Hill. And I'm, I'm a, a big fan. I don't want to just say Lauren Hill because, like, oh, everybody likes Lauren. Um, no, I'm but a, her energy is very masculine. Who, Lauren? Remy. That's what I was about to get to. So for me, it's just, you know, I that to me is, I like feminine energy. If you're going to be a female, like, and I like the feminine energy. It's like when you start talking about, like, bodying and dumping people and then, like, trunks and stuff like that. To me, after a certain point, it's just like, okay. But for me, when Remy does it, I don't mind it nearly as much for some reason. That bitch um, said, do you want to see a dead body? I think maybe because <laughs> it, it feels authentic. Like, I, yes. I feel Yeah, that's like what I was going to say. I, 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 never, I never got the sense that she was uh, uh, disingenuous with uh, a lot of the stuff that she said. I, I believe that she's also, um, I, I've, I've made the distinction, at least for myself, I believe there's a difference between hood and ghetto. And the difference, in my opinion, between hood and ghetto is you can turn off hood. When you need to. And Remy Ma strikes me as the perfect embodiment of hood. She can be something other than hood if she needs to be. But if that hood card needs to get pulled. and She you, can shoot you in the stomach. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> <laughs>
Sometimes hood comes out when they don't want to or when you don't want it to, but you know, I in some places you go, like, you know, you, you can recognize ghetto real quick. I mean, I can I can say that as a black dude. You know, white person said that might get upset. But <laughs> <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Well, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 a I'm a big fan of lyricism just in general. So I think Remy Ma brings something to the table that a lot of female MCs don't. She's not at the top of my list. Um I think Jean Grey probably is at the top of the list as far as female MCs for me. Um, of course, like Mohammedia, you know, like shout outs like for like uh, Meredith status for like an MC light or something like that. But I think Jean Grey is probably top of the pile for me, but I definitely dig what Remy does. So I'm interested. I'm interested. So you, you feel as though your 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 grade of that would be like, I heard she also used the ether beat. She did. She did, which I mean, I don't really like that beat. So mm. I don't like the beat, but I understood. I understood the rationale for it. I did, but the, well, there's a, there's an immediate the connection why, to that beat, right? But the reason why I comment on that is because I saw, I've seen more than once in a couple different comment sections that like they liked the song, but like like they that the song was bars, but it wasn't fire because a lot of people don't really like the ether beat. It's not radio. It's not playable over and over again. Okay. Um, personally. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I understood the context and I appreciated that. And um, when you get to like like for real like diss tracks, like to get go heavy into it, a lot of the beats really ain't. It's not really necessarily as much about the beat. It's not like one of those like crazy like like run out your 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 house and run in circles. Like, oh my god, that beat is so hot because it's like you know it, typically it's. The, well, at least the feeling is the beat is secondary. It's like you got to. It's get what this. was on hand in the studio, right? Yeah. Right, and right. you know she kind of like did this on the fly. Like this right. song with Gucci and Nicki came out Friday, and she released this diss track yesterday. That's, so that's the thing, though. That's how it works, though. Because remember when, like, when Drake and Meek Mill, if you want to call that a rap beef or whatever, were going at it or whatever. It was. Out with, that shit was whack. That shit was whack. That was also referenced. <laughs> I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. it was, and it should have been, because that I mean that's not how, that's not that's not hip hop. Like Drake, and first of all, Drake in a hip hop beef is just really not a hip hop beef because it's Drake. Why? And I'm not saying, huh? Why? Because Drake isn't. No, in that, you know in that, what? I think Drake is whiny as fuck. You know what I'm saying? We, we we had this conversation last week, mm-hmm. but I'm saying that to say that like Drake is no less hip hop than Will Smith, and I that's know not what I'm like- saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's just. I don't look at Drake as Drake, excuse me, as a just in the in the vein of somebody who's a battle MC. And honestly, I don't look at Meek Mill as that either. Meek Mill is a a street slash mixtape dude. You know what I mean? Like put the dude on the mixtape, just let him rhyme or whatever. Let him yell. He's gonna yeah, he's gonna yell really loudly. He's gonna make a lot of references to like, you know, being in the streets and make references to his dick probably. I, I guess I don't really listen to Meek Mill. And you know, and people hating on him, and that's pretty much the, the body of what he's gonna do. Um, right. I think Meek Mill gets over because of the emotion he uh, he puts into his his lyrics, if you want to call them lyrics. Some people would, you know, challenge that. I'm not gonna get in that one way or the other. Um, he's Drake. Trash, well, first trash. and foremost, Drake doesn't write all his material. His question as to whether or not he writes Neither any of it. Mickey. Yeah, yeah, okay, I get that. That's fine. That's fine. I get that too. 
Um, but then what's wait, wait, but I got to stop you there, because what's crazy about that is that apparently while he's busy not writing his own material, he's writing for other people. So, like, mm-hmm. my confusion about, you know, this whole ghost rap thing, this whole ghostwriter thing is that, like, everybody uses ghostwriters, apparently. I mean, not everybody, but like, let's not like like it's not an uncommon thing. I'm not and saying then, it's an uncommon thing, but I think from but, but, go ahead. But, but, but wait, but wait, but then like. Okay, fine. He uses ghostwriters, but then other people are using him to ghostwrite. So I feel like on some level, while he may not write his own, if he's writing for other people and he does write his own, I feel like that becomes confusing at some point. Like, 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 you, you, you know, you, yeah. you see what I'm saying? Like, it becomes what? confusing because it's like, you know, okay, fine. He don't write all his lyrics because he's busy writing for other people. No, I mean, I, I would look at it like this. If I'm looking at it strictly from a business perspective, everybody knows who Drake is in the industry. You don't even have to be in hip hop to know who Drake is, right? Right. And we know that Drake has a level of success in terms of like, you know, he's written songs for Alicia Keys. So, you know, he has a he has a signature sound that he does, whether he's writing it or not. There's something about Drake that typically translates to successful music. So from the perspective of an artist going to Drake and asking, yo, can you do this for me? That makes sense for them. From Drake's perspective, he's going to get mechanics off of writing for other people. So that person is successful based upon the song he writes. He's getting paid off of their song that way, even if he's not featuring on the song as an artist. So either way, he's winning. You know right, I mean? no, but I feel like even from a credit credibility standpoint, well, first of all, I feel like this. I feel like if we're if we're actually being honest as hip hop fans, we have to acknowledge that at some point hip hop has crossed over into country music. There's a lot of great country singers who don't ever write a lyric. There's a lot of great country singers who do write lyrics. And at this point, we don't really care who does what. Do you sing a good song? And I think that if we know that people write, they ghost write. Some, some of the stuff they say is not there. Some of the stuff they say is there. Some of the stuff that they say that's hot is not there. Some of the stuff that they write for other people, that's not them, but they're writing for other people is hot. So I feel like at this point, I understand the tradition that hip hop comes out of, but I also feel like we have entered a new era and it's time for the olds to kind of stay, take a step back and really look at the body of somebody's work. And if the body of your work is okay, fine, everything that comes out of your mouth isn't your lyric, but there's a lot of lyrics that don't come out of your mouth that you write for other people that are equally as good, then we don't get to take your props from you. Because as, as we I'm have not, established I'm, that this is about performance. I'm not, I'm not one, I'm not trying to take props from anybody. That's, that, that's one. I mean, for me, it's a very nuanced conversation. Um, and it's taken a long time to explain, longer than we probably have here. I'm just saying from the perspective of just traditional, just like battle type shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, like a J and a Nas, because that's something that people can readily uh, right. re- refer to. If you want to go back further, you could say a Kumo D and a LL Cool J. Those are two cats that were uh, lyricists. They took pride in writing their lyrics, and they took those lyrics and put them at each other. You can take an Ice Cube going at um, N.W.A. when he did No Vaseline. You can take Common dismantling Ice Cube when he did The Bitch in You. Um, to me, that's more credible. So a Kendrick, you know, going at somebody, if Kendrick for some reason was supposed to go at um, Absol, that to me would be a battle. Because both of them cast his lyricism. And quite frankly, I think Absol will probably get Kendrick. But I think uh, also, like, once you're getting into the realm of, like, battle raps, mm-hmm. like, 
then your performance doesn't so much matter as much as what you're saying. Yeah, and that, right. So yeah. I would rather you write your own. If you're doing battle raps, I would rather you write your own. And it's you know, Drake, you know, you perform great. I guess I've never mm-hmm. like seen you live anywhere personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like if you look at like Rihanna or Beyonce, you know, great performers. Don't write all all of their own music, but they're great performers. But Mm -hmm. if you're talking about like in the realm of battle rap, I want you to sit down. I want you to write your own shit. Right. Like like you shouldn't have to have somebody like interpret your feelings about how you feel about somebody. Right. I can't stand this person. Yo, tell them how I feel, son. Right. Tell them why. Tell them why they hurt my feelings. Tell them why I'm mad. So tell them why I'm mad. You know, it's, it's, it should be that. that How so am I that, supposed to say this? Yeah, yeah. For me, that that's. I mean, I can understand that somebody gave some feedback, like, "Yo, that bar right there ain't really working. Uh, you might want to rewrite this." Like, I can understand people giving you critique and you taking that under consideration and perhaps using that to modify what you're gonna say. But at the end of the day, if you're gonna be battling somebody, it's two MCs and those two MCs are supposed to go at it. So for me. I'm not saying Drake doesn't count. I'm just saying it's just I can't give it the full weight that I would give. You know, it's it's like Soldier Boy. And like he might write all his stuff or whatever, but Soldier Boy to me is never going to be an MC. So I can't put any like you know he might say something that's entertaining, but it's Soldier Boy, dude. I can't. Why? Like when he told that story about because you're shot old. everybody. It's all right. I get it. It's not because I'm old. <laughs> it's not because I'm old. Don't do it that. Is. I just said if, if Absol, I said if Absol Kendrick went at it or Wale and J Cole went at it. I'll be down for that. Right, but they also they their kind of hip hop appeals to the old in us. Does it? Nigga, we I mean, 40, our tastes are fixed. Yes. I can listen to okay. All right. I know okay. you feel 16 inside. I, I never said that. <laughs> Even with 16, I don't think I felt 16 inside. I think that's part of my problem. <laughs> It's an old ass man like in a young man's body, old. just like yeah, like what's wrong? I can't say what I think. Do people understand yeah, like that? Senior citizen. I gotta spirit. not say what I think. <laughs> I gotta pretend to like be cool this and not be. Yo, I went to the, like uh no, yesterday. I went out with some coworkers, some for, for, some former coworkers, and uh, this lady suggested a drink for me because what I asked for they didn't have. So she said, I actually think this is better. So she brought it out and I drank and I was like, I'm, it's kind of, I'm, I don't like it. So she came out. She said, How you like that drink? I said, I don't like it. She said, Oh wow, really? I said, Oh, I was supposed to lie to you. I was supposed to in that moment. I was supposed to tell you I liked it. My bad. I like it's, it's great. I'm, I'm I'm gonna drink all of it. She just never had anyone not like her drink. You should hang out with my SL. He's brutally honest. I love honesty, man. It's not it's not always convenient. It's not. <laughs> but but at the same time, it it, it cuts to it's the quick, good man. For you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it always know. Like if I ask him a question, like okay, you you really have to be. Depending on the question, I really have to be in the res- in the space to receive the answer. <laughs> we were at a dinner party that somebody like prepared all the food, and she was like, um, "You know, how did you like blah blah blah?" He was like, "It was okay." She was like, "Well, what did you think about such and such?" And he's like, "Well," and he went on this like long list of like what was right with it, what was wrong with it, and I was just like watching her face fall, and I want to be like, "Don't ask, just." Yeah, I mean, I, I I've spent. The better part of my life after college trying to find that balance between just like, you know, saying what first thing comes to my mind and actually saying like something that actually is more palatable, but also remaining within what social acceptance. Yeah, man. It's just like I, I've had a lot of people like, yo, look at me like you're an asshole. And it's not like I'm trying Pretty to be. sure I've said that to you. Before. Yeah, you have. But Several at the same time. Times. Yeah. But at the same time, you never doubted my honesty. 
I didn't. <laughs> that's probably why we're still cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like uh, I, it's it's something that I work on. Um, yeah. So I I want to I want to actually transition to something that we talked about. A couple things we talked about last week actually that I thought was kind of interesting. One uh, in this um, lunch I had with a couple of coworkers of mine yesterday, just you know catching up. Um, Something interesting came out, and that was that The Onion apparently actually is producing real news articles now. Well, they, they probably don't them. have any choice. I mean, but they're still The Onion, so I mean, they have their foundation, but it's just like we were saying, like, they, they, I guess the only thing that they could do really to like, like throw people off is actually do real news now. And they well, have like, huh? I feel like the shit that's coming out in reference to Trump, at least, is so bizarre that like, why not just print the real news? Yeah, well, everything regarding Trump. Yeah, yeah, all, all mm-hmm. his surrogates and associates. This, this stuff you 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 can make this up, and people would have been like two years ago, like, yo, that is so ridiculous. Like that would that never would happen. Never happen. Like, like we we're gonna have like an outwardly like white supremacist just sitting in. The, that's never gonna happen. We're gonna have America's multiple. Gonna become a fascist country. Yeah, yeah. So uh, another thing I wanted to talk about that we we spoke about. We spoke about some of uh, the expenses. We, we spoke about the cost to protect one Baron and one Ivanka Trump uh, per day being roughly a million dollars to uh, secure both Baron Ivanka and, and Ivanka in Trump Tower. Uh, that price tag is a million. We also talked about um, Don Lemon, talking about how expensive it was to, um, you know, for Trump to be making his trips outside of the White House and all the stuff for his winter White House trips, there's actually a, uh, a price tag that went with it. That price tag is estimated at $10 million. So far. So far. But that's $10 million for 11 days. So this is after 33 days in office, 11 of those days, he was at Mar-a-Lago. Mm-hmm. So that means literally a third of the time that he's been in office, he's been on vacation. Mind you, he said, I will not take vacation. I'm going to stay in the White House. There's work to be done. I'm not going to be like Barack Obama. And he spent what Barack Obama spent in what, like a year? Possibly. In like 11 days? I think that's He's so bored with his new job. He giving White House tours like he a docent. Well, his wife won't set that shit up. So (laughs) She's like, look, I'm up here in the gilded penis. I need y'all to just all leave me the fuck alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't give a shit about that White House. I don't give a shit about those tours. I don't give a shit about this staff. But somehow she's going to maintain Michelle Obama's vegetable garden. I don't know how that's going to happen. She don't give a fuck there. about them vegetables either. Yeah. The same way Michelle did with the White House gardener. I'm pretty sure Michelle probably got hands on everything. I'm not saying she didn't get out there and yeah, get yeah. into it. I'm not saying that wasn't like her like Zen activity that she went out there and she was into it. I'm sure she was. It was her pride and joy. She she dug it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or she she had it, Doug. But I mean, <laughs> let's be honest here. The white and and I'm not saying this to take anything away from Michelle Obama. I'm They're saying not. this as you someone. Say what you want who, about Barack? Don't nobody I, talk about Michelle Obama. I I, I am saying right. this as someone who loves history, was an interior design major for a while. The White House is actually a like a, a registered museum. So, like, there are rules to what you can and cannot do. So, I'm sure Michelle was allowed to get out there, but the reality is, as a museum, they got a gardener. 
the grounds are just as curated as, you know, the inside. And so like Melania is able to quote unquote maintain a garden because she just going to have the gardener do it. And unlike Michelle, who probably did take an active role, she's just going to go down there and photo op. If that. I love your facial expressions. <laughs> so. Meanwhile, Barack is out here living his best life. Mm. Yeah, man. Getting sh- he is, just is, went is to he... get coffee and people in New York like lost their damn mind. Is he not looking actually like he's starting to get younger again? He looks awesome. Yeah, he's smiling. Probably, like yeah. not that political smile. Mm-hmm. Like a genuine like. I'm oh. free smile. Like you yeah, have no that's idea. I was about to say like, oh my well, like, God. Like, yo, I can go ahead and do me. Yo, my nigga. Let me he tell like, you. Ma- no, Master done release him. Yes. Mm-hmm. He ain't never got to go back in the service ever again. Like a genuine, genuine, Yo, true, Vera got some stories happy, to tell. in his spirit, <laughs> in his soul kind of smile. Like, man, I'm out here getting a bra, taking in a Broadway show with my daughter. This is awesome. I'm going to go get some fucking coffee. This shit is amazing. Yeah. He is free. He is free and happy as fuck. And people in France want him to be their president. That was Girl. France who said that. Yes. Okay, they said I, I saw the headline. It just said foreign country. I was like, why don't they just say France then? And like, then I don't know if it's several people or if mm-hmm. it's just like you know a few people. Like, hey, why don't you come? That would be awesome though. I know what uh, I, I would say. This I think if he became hypo- this all hypothetical, if he were to become the president of France, there would be such a mass exodus to France. Because and let, let's be clear, there 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 were a lot of people during the civil rights era. You had uh, mm-hmm. Nina Simone, you had Baldwin, um, uh, who's the, uh, the the actor in order and um, athlete Paul Robeson, I believe, went to went to France. We Saul had, Williams is there. A lot of people have just gone like, eh, mm, and not saying that France doesn't have its issues. Not saying that there isn't you know issues with race, but. It ain't like it is here. Because they do have their issues. But well, everybody got a, their issues. We, could, is a we couldn't country. exodus to France because France ain't taking us. Yeah, okay. I don't think any. You maybe, can't. Maybe, you can't. Maybe, maybe, maybe a, you have I, to do it stats. Maybe I go to Canada first. Canada's like like France, France too. It's no, like the annex. No, like, you just go no, like, 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 oh, you were in Canada? Oh, soccer blue. <laughs> No, 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 I just want to say France, soccer blue. France is actually shock. It's hard to get into France. Like I have a friend who I went to high school with and her husband is French. She, mm-hmm. He was born there. She married him. They lived in France for, I think, two, maybe even three years or an extended period of time. She could not get a job. She couldn't get a job. She couldn't get a visa to work. Um, they actually came back here because she couldn't get a job. So even if you marry a French citizen, they're still not interested in letting you into their economy. So, like, fuck citizenship. They, like, we don't even want you here to work. They're very protectionist. Like, you can only have one job in France legally. Wow. Damn, so you can't pimp and like, you know, hustle? That would like I mean, fuck up my whole life. I mean, no. like as a hip hop artist, like what what would they <laughs> My whole life is hustle side hustles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that that's how we that's how we get by over here though. We gotta they, have side hustles. They they are very tightly controlled because you know, life is I'm not going to say free because they do pay taxes, but, you know, they have socialized health care. Mm-hmm. They have socialized education. So, you know, like they're very um, serious about who they do and do not let in um, and how they integrate people in because, you know, they they, they pay for that. The nerve of them with their socialized health care. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just wanted to throw the Mar-a-Lago thing out there because uh, at 10 million, that uh, let, let's think about this. If we have Melania Trump, who's going to be in 
the Trump Tower for a year straight. Indefinitely. Indefinitely. You know, we can do the easy math on that. A million times 365 is 365 million that we're spending. Because, like, there's always going to be Secret Service and security around the White House. That's just always going to be the case, whether the president is there or not. So we're talking about cost above and beyond what would have normally happened anyway. So we're talking about $365 million. What could $365 million over the times course? Times four. Times four. So what that's could that do? Two. Yeah, yeah. So what could that do for this country? Well, they're not interested. One point, really no, no, that one point four. What for though, Chris? One point two billion. Thank, yeah, thank you. That's what I just wanted just, to, like, you know, just for her security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. That doesn't include which, him. Which is crazy. Doesn't, that doesn't include the children. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that that's just bananas. So I, I wanted to throw that out there because I thought it's worth mentioning. Um, but you know, he's not taking a paycheck. I mean, it's not like the president makes that much in a year anyway. Well, I mean, but, but since he's, he's not taking a paycheck, you know, it balances everything out. Mm-hmm. I get it. You're being facetious. I don't like it. You're, you're missing the bigger picture here. He's not getting paid. He's doing this for free. Jesus. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, there's something else that I, that I pulled. And again, ladies and gentlemen, what I will try to make sure I do, uh, if you go to the website, flashblackradio.com, I'll try to make sure that the much of what we discuss is posted on the website along with the actual audio of this, this uh, podcast. Um, one of the things I saw also was, I don't know if you heard uh, about five or six days ago, uh, Trump made a an allusion to there being some type of terrorist attack in Sweden, mm-hmm. and it, it's funny because my my immediate thought is when somebody makes a statement like that, like oh, there's a terrorist something happening somewhere. I'm like, oh, when did this happen? I'm like, like, am I not like when did I miss that? I'm like, you know. And I have to also remember that Trump said it. (laughs) So it's that. So it's not like I'm not going to vet it and check it because I'm going to know. But at the same time, it's just kind of like when uh, Kellyanne Conway, the Bowling Green Massacre. And then Spicy Facts gave us Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. It's just just these things like you, 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 you... Sweden is still waiting to find out what the fuck happened. Well, no, nah, they're apparently they're they're not too happy at all because essentially, uh, according to this article that I pulled, uh, Trump had been watching Fox News and there was some type of interview between some guy who's supposed to be over there and supposed to be a documentary person or whatever, and he was having an interview with I want to say uh, Shepard Smith. My glasses are kind of dirty right now. Oh, excuse me, it's Tucker Carlson. Apologies. And uh, they were having this this conversation, and it wasn't even something that was actually – the the exchange was very minimal, but it made it sound like there's some real stuff going down in Sweden as related to Syria and their influx of refugees and all that good stuff. And Syria's – I mean, excuse me, Sweden's like, yo, what are we talking about here? So, but it, it, the, the, the important thing it says, and I think like uh, was important in the article, it says, just like that, without white papers – intelligence reports and interagency meeting or anything of that sort and Trump goes out there and says something like this and then this again and this was my one of my biggest concerns outside of the Supreme Court nominations because there's going to be more than one most likely um hang in there Ruth please RBG yeah yeah um we 
we have to be mindful of all the things that are going on on the world stage and how easily people can be incited, you know, based upon the stupid shit that you do or do not say or the intelligent stuff that you do or do not say. You you have to be mindful of what you're saying when you're speaking on an international stage. I mean, he doesn't give a shit about what he says. Especially not Sweden, but I'm just saying. It's but like, he, he came out and said something about Paris. Like, oh, yeah, I used to have a friend that would go to Paris every year. And now, you know, he doesn't go because Paris isn't safe. And no one wants to go to Paris. Look at all the attacks they're having. And the, the president of um, France was like... Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> let me just let me just check you and remind you who your friends are. Because yeah. we're your friends. And, remember and how what you don't want to do is get out here talking shit in front of people about your friends. Uh, you know, I'm just letting you know. What you, that, that's a life lesson right there, right? right. You, you want to make sure that you, you you keep your friends close. You don't want to like, you know, crap on you. I know there's a term of keep your en- friends close, your enemies closer. But I'm saying, um, with Trump, I guess... Which he's and he's like, you know, the the people going to Paris, like people going to France, like the tourism is dropping tremendously because people don't feel safe. And you need to protect the borders. This is exactly why you need to protect the borders in France and Germany. They're seeing the they're seeing the results of that now. Never mind the reports that tourism here is falling. Uh yeah, there's that. Um, there was an article I I, I found it a while back. Uh, I, I have like a big like, just a, just a rack of articles that I've been like pulling for see. these different shows or whatever that I keep forgetting. I can't even go through because it's just not enough time. But there's one article that I saw was interesting, and in is in a nutshell, it said that more people die from lightning in this country, lightning strikes in this country, <laughs> than terrorist, terrorist attacks. attacks. Yeah. yeah, and then it was cool. They didn't just do that. It listed out the other events that you have. So people choke to death more. <laughs> on their food. People drown in their tub. It's more. probably Mexican food. Oh, wait. And let's not mention the fact that if you actually are a victim of a terrorist attack in this country, it's likely a white boy. Homegrown. Yeah, yep. yeah. Homegrown. No, not fuck homegrown. It's yeah, not yeah. just homegrown. White. See, I got like, you. It's a white boy. Yeah. But that's not terrorism. Because we got our own. Oh, it's not. We, we, they, we didn't got de- they didn't want to categorize Dylan Roof as that. But, you know, white, white men are the most dangerous people in this country. But that's mental health. In the world. No, it's not. That's not well, okay, fine. If racism is, is, is a mental health problem, then fine. Racism if misogyny is, is a mental health problem, then fine. Racism that is, is over-exaggerated. <laughs> <laughs> really yeah, it's just, but it's just crazy just, to me. You're just going to keep singing that in my life. Racism is over-exaggerated. Yeah, but because it, it's, it's total bullshit. Because, of course, all of these, these crazy white men attacking people, shooting up uh, schools and blowing up mosques no, and kicking dude, over. What was it, Kansas this week? Where he tried to like shoot two Indians because he thought they were a Wait, wait, wait. They're they're actually having a fucking debate about whether or not it's a hate crime. I don't know. He walked in, yelled racial slurs, and shot three brown people. Sounds racial to me. Yep. But there's a debate about it because we're not sure. Because they're brown. Oh, well, I guess that dovetails. White. Yeah. I. I think that dovetails well. Um, not too long ago, we also had something on Flash Black Radio, this 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 podcast, where we, we talked about there is a police chief in the state of Louisiana that has essentially tried to take a uh, Blue Lives bill that was passed and utilize that to uh, his benefit and say that if you're resisting arrest, uh, then you can be charged for a hate crime. Um so that was interesting. 
something else, and I want to I want to make sure I put this out Especially there. Especially when I feel like police use resistance in it, a it's, real it's, subjective. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you're not, if you don't respond fast enough, or like someone they grab at you and you instinctively pull away, that could technically be. Or if they're hitting you and you're trying to cover your face, that could be resisting arrest too. Right. Or your or the dog is like biting your genitals, that could be resisting arrest because you know who doesn't like their their genitals attacked by a German Shepherd. Um, all that to say, um, there have been some some interesting measures that have been passing across this country. So we mentioned that in, in Louisiana. Also, we mentioned on this podcast in, Minneapolis, in Minneapolis, excuse me, Minnesota, pardon, that there was a measure put forth where you could be civilly charged or civilly uh, sued if you are a part of a protest uh, and that protest somehow hinders or, infr- uh, or impinges upon somebody's business or, or you know, anything like that. A step further, and I want to make sure that I, I'm, I'm clear with this one. I haven't found a second source that I like to use sources that are well known, i.e. the Washington or e.g. the Washington Post, um, the Hill, um, New York Times, things of that nature. I want to use well-founded news sources. Raw story I'm not too familiar with, and I can't say whether or not they're what their track record is. So I want to stay on top of this story, but I do think it's still worth mentioning. So on Raw Story, and then this is something the co-worker brought to my attention yesterday while we sat down to eat, talked about a great many things apparently. Um, <laughs> uh, and that thing is that you can be uh, charged and your property can be seized if you have uh, organized a protest and that protest becomes violent. So let me let me elaborate just a bit further. In essence, say for example, you say, "Oh man, this is crazy. We don't like what's going on with this LGBTQ stuff. We think that it's you know it's getting out of hand. We want to step in and say something." So you say, "All right." You get online with a couple of your friends on Twitter, on Facebook. Look, we're going to have a peaceful march. We're going to go to this location, et cetera, et cetera. Right. You go down there, or maybe you don't even go down there. Maybe there's just people you go down, people that uh, you um, agreed to go down there with. They go down there. A couple of their friends go down there. Everything is fine. Maybe somebody calls the police. The police get agitated, or somebody in the, in the crowd gets agitated. Whichever way it goes, tear gas is fired. Now it's violent. Now because that has happened, you can now be charged. You can now have your stuff seized because you had a part to play in that, even if you weren't physically there. So. What I'm what I'm bringing these three stories up for together is there seems to be a very concerted effort uh, to basically strip people of their constitutional rights. So now the way to put it, aren't there like 17 uh, Republican bills in various states to um, restrict the rights of protesters? Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, I don't have a source. It's probably and it's, 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 it's growing. Probably yeah, and it's, it's out of it's out of control. Like this country was founded under protest. Let's not get it twisted. So everybody talking about this whole American, this, that, and the third American. And one, and it's also the funny thing is what they want to consider protest. It's just like what they want to consider terrorist activity. Well, it's only a protest now because it's a protest against them. Right. Against the, remember mean, when the, the Tea Party came out and all of the protests and all of the bullshit that they were doing? It and was, let's not pretend like they weren't talking about killing Barack Obama before he even took office. 
Well, like, let's go. They were back talking about off with his head. Nobody said anything. But let's go all the way back. The Tea Party, which was named for an event, the Boston Tea Party. How about that? Has History. been an act of terrorism, property damage, because they went on to what was probably a sovereign ship. Yeah, it was British boats, yeah. The Queen tends to own everything back then. Mm-hmm. And they stole a bunch of shit, and then they just dropped it into the harbor. So, like, vandalism burglary um like all, all kinds of shit i mean p- possibly even treason because you committed a crime against your queen knowingly as a political act i mean like our whole country was founded as i mean like our revolutionary war with somebody else's guerrilla insurgency like mm-hmm. perspective is everything ain't it though and, and that's why i like to like compare like the black panthers to george the, washington the fucked up thing it. about this country is we never really have any perspective about people that we're actively oppressing because we're doing it in the name of freedom, just mm-hmm. not theirs. Not that freedom. Right. Yeah. Not, not that freedom. Not, not for those people, but for us. Yeah. And I'm going to draw a really weird parallel that may or may not work, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I'm adventurous today. Um, this is something I had a conversation. I wish Slim was here to help me elaborate on this, but... And I also had this conversation with my baby bro, Cam. Um, and essentially, it was people swear that they like the rules as long as the rules work in their favor. When the rules don't work to their benefit, that's when people start having issues. And that's when it's a problem. So for me, I'm a sports person. I like watching, as you know, pro basketball, Washington sports franchises are my team just by default. So um, I'm constantly bitter and jaded, and I, I see the, the bullshit every which way because most of the times my team is not the one that's talked about or celebrated. So when LeBron went to Miami, a lot of people were mad, but a lot of people got over real quick, even though what LeBron did was he talked to two other superstars from two separate teams, colluded, got together, and he went to one team, and they expected to automatically win without even having a full team, and everybody was on board with that. So now people want to get mad at KD, who did kind of the same thing. But, I mean, they, they were saying, well, he was already, they were already in the, the finals. Blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. It's still a superstar that went to be with other superstars because, hey, I want to win the damn ring. Ain't that why we play the game? So, like, it's, uh, now you're mad at Golden State, but you weren't mad at Miami like that. So it's just, and this kind of that thing. It's just like people have that short memory because it's convenient for them. You know, when you have the all-star hit squad, nobody has a problem with it. But when shit goes the other way, like, oh, now, nah, if it's somebody of a team that you hate or don't care for or whatever, mm-hmm. oh, then it's a problem. Like, well, who's gonna, well, who's who's stopping this? Why is this why is this being allowed to happen? Somebody should do something about this. So I don't know if that works. We'll see. And no, I think I it does. Wrong. And I think that it way. applies to how Republicans are handling these town hall meetings and the fact that uh, progressives and liberals have taken up Tea Party tactics and they don't really like it. So they're trying to say that they're paid protesters. You know what I'm saying? And then you got people like, okay, fine, you say I'm a paid protester. Here, check my license. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think what I'm liking about how people are acting up in the streets is that they are coming with their receipts. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know what I'm saying? Okay, fine. You 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 say I'm not in your district. Here's my license. You know what I'm saying? You say that I'm a paid protester. Well, let me tell you how poor I am. Like, I think that and Tea Party people are mad and they're trying to say, oh, this is the AstroTurf movement. And to be fair, you know, 
while the Tea Party did have a lot of backing from the Koch brothers eventually, um, I think it is fair to say that their movement was grassroots and we accused them of being astroturf. And to a certain extent, they were, but after the fact. And then the reality is, I think if we're really honest, the Tea Party got co-opted by conservative billionaires who mm-hmm. thought that they could use that populist anger to their advantage. And well, Republicans did. I mean, Republicans up. were in on that too, though. That, that, I mean, well, I, well, that's, I, that's, that's what I'm saying. They yeah, co-opted yeah. the Tea Party. Mm-hmm. You know, and so because like, it worked to their advantage, but now well, and then became Frankenstein's monster. Monster, they don't know how to put that shit down now, though. It was like it's like it's kind of his own thing now, and I think it might have to do that with liberals and progressive. They might have to create their own, like kind of like other branch of the Democratic Party or, or the Democrats, whatever. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You look very. Are you, is your picture frozen or are you Mm-mm. just... Okay, I couldn't tell. You had a very still face. It's like... I, I just, no, I was thinking because I was listening. No, I, I, I think you're right. I, I think I think when it comes to pres- presidential politics, we're really locked into this two-party system. Which is stupid, but it's easy to but divide I people think, on two parties. But I think on um, the local level, which people are really starting to understand is where it really matters, I think yep. that you're going to see the rise of independence. Yep. Uh, but the, 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 the unfortunate thing that to that though is also when it comes to the two party system, Democrats and Republicans also make sure they have the system rigged in their favor when it comes to local politics as well. So, for example, in the state of Maryland, you cannot in a primary election you cannot vote on a Republican ticket if you are a Democrat registered as a Democrat and vice versa. You can't you can't vote both parties, which is kind of effed up i understand the installation of it because okay if you're not part of this party no, then i don't I, want you affected no, i don't agree with that because i'm an independent and i'm usually well that's how i used to be registered and i had I'm to change usually, it just I'm to like vote for barack obama in the primary i get you but what i'm saying right. is i feel like as an independent you should be able to vote neither one well, what i was about to say is that no because as people will increasingly become independent i think that you know along the lines of progressives you know using the tea party tactics we need to do the same thing at the local level and demand open primaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a long road to hoe. I, I don't. I don't disagree with that. I just think it's a long road to hoe. But it's 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 something that needs to get started. I think that we are in a very interesting and charged position to perhaps get some actual change for 2018 because people can't look to 2020 yet. Like we cannot overlook 2018 because that's where the midterms come up. And well, I think also because of everything that's going on politically for the first time, I think there's a, a huge focus on the midterm elections. I feel like historically the midterm elections have been kind of overlooked. Because, By design. You know, yeah, they're not they're yeah. not the sexy election. Mm-mm. But because of everything that's happening and because of all this anger that is um, prevalent with the Republican Party, which you can see in these town hall meetings, at least the ones that hold town hall meetings um like cotton i'll give him credit for standing in there and getting abused (laughs) right and i think you know people are finally kind of paying attention instead of just kind of phoning it in i think people are paying attention and hopefully this will usher in some change in the 2018 elections yeah, but these these town halls are very interesting to watch. People are angry. I mean, but they have a right to be. They they're do. they're going in front of their their the people that are supposed to represent their interests, and they're saying, "Look, you know, if you repeal 
Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act, which is really is, you know, was, you know, was the Obamacare is meant to be derogatory. Um, if you repeal the Affordable Care Act, my husband is going to die. My child is going to die. I'm going to die. What as a as a an elected official that's supposed to represent that person, what can you say to that other than like, oh, I got to rethink this? And, and and the whole idea of like, oh, well, we're going to. You know, uh, what is the system they're trying to, to put in place with these tax credits or income credits or something? And then you buy insurance that way. Like if you are struggling, yeah, your money will go to like your immediate most important needs. Yep. And I'm not saying that insurance is not important because I believe that it is. But on a day to day basis, if you have to make the choice between like, OK, insurance or food, shelter, clothing. Right. Yeah, those yeah. kinds of basic those things. come first. You know, I fuck the insurance. I'll go to the emergency room. And but wait, let's go deeper. If you don't pay deeper. taxes, you don't get a subsidy, which means almost all low income people will not get anything because it's a credit. I mean, it's mm. not it's not a credit. It's a deduction. So if you're poor, you're not going to get shit. Yeah. I, it, it, there, there's so much nuance and dimension to this. And the, the, the funny thing about it, it's not even funny, but the, the truth about it is as we've discussed on previous podcasts at this point as well feels good saying that but um the affordable care act is a republican strategy that was put forth by alec so that's the irony of this all this is what the republican party wanted but they didn't want they just didn't want him to do it president obama to do it but you know and i'm not saying that the aca is without fault it's not but you can improve it at this point right and they don't seem to want to they don't want to improve it. anything. They don't want to improve. They, they want to tell you that Social Security is going to be bankrupt by this time, whatever, when they know there are two things that they can do to easily fix Social Security. One is a cap at 6.2%. That's how much contribution is, and it goes up to 118.5. Um, so if you make more than 118.5 um, in, in terms of income, you will not be taxed Social Security after that point. Remove the cap. At least make the cap up to two hundred fifty thousand, because that means way more people are going to contribute to Social Security, and also that that's six point two percent cap, increase it up to seven percent over say ten years. Wow! All of a sudden, we are now solvent for the next hundred years easily if we just make those small changes. Because the thing that's pissing me off is the fact that you're going to say that Social Security does not work because you want to normalize that idea in people's heads, so people abandon the idea of Social Security. You want to take all the money that's in there so you can rate it for your purposes, but you want to still charge me and tax me for Social Security that I won't be able to benefit from myself. And you want to say, oh, we're just going to throw it in the free market, and the free market can crap out at any time. Anytime. Anytime. All of these policies come back to one thing that I have always said. Say it, girl. And I've said it since I was in college. I said it to my mother because sometimes she would say things to me like about people like young people people who are my age at her job and everything like that baby boomers are greedy yes baby boomers are greedy they have sucked the life out of the planet and they still want more they are the most entitled generation ever and they think that everybody around them should suffer Hmm. for their benefit because all of these policies yes on the one hand they benefit a certain ideology but at the same time, they also benefit a certain age group. All of this is for the baby boomers' benefits. You know, none, none of this benefits the World War II generation. They're dying. 
You know, like we're not interested in figuring out how to get, you know, like long term care for older people taken care of right now because they're not there yet. They're not thinking about that. They're still active. They still feel young. You know what well, I'm saying? I, I think there I think there's something to be said to that. And this is actually coming from a, a recommendation that my mother had. And I actually I'll probably do this on like a culture shock podcast or something like that in the future. I just have to be able to get my ducks in a row, be informed enough to ask the right questions and you know. But um my mother was saying you need to do something on your podcast with regard to uh care for the elderly. And because she's now at the point where not her per, per se, um, but her her peers are starting to have to put their parents in assisted living facilities, which is not cheap. Um, um, some people are having to deal with hospice. Um, these are considerations that people don't necessarily make until you have to make them. It's kind of like a lot of people don't necessarily have the proper insurance for themselves because it's not something you think about typically when you're young. Uh, these are things that have to be considered, and I think that's one of the reasons why they like. There's this comfort with being able to kick the can down the road with Social Security. This is a fixable problem, and they try to sell it to you as though it's not fixable, but it's fixable. I'm a very, I have no political influence or acumen really like that. I have common sense, but I can look at the numbers and say, okay, well, if you're telling me that 118,005 is where you stop. Why? So that means like, you know, like if somebody who's making billions of dollars, really, they they they, they don't have to contribute the first 118,005. But you don't but the Republicans I don't, don't why it's not the first million dollars. It it, it could very easily be that. But the Republicans don't break it down like that when they're on the road, when Democrats don't either. No, no one does. Yeah. But also like the idea is to get people to vote against their interests. Mm-hmm. That is true. Because is true. most of the people who are voting for a lot of these Republicans, they are converse, they are they're, they're voting the exact opposite of what their needs are. Mm-hmm. Because they have brown poverty. So when you make poverty something that is exclusive it's the in other. imagery to other. black and brown people, mm-hmm. then white people who find themselves living in the same impoverished circumstances somehow feels like that picture doesn't apply to me because I don't live in an inner city. You know what I'm but saying? Still I live, poor. I'm, I'm rural. But, but yeah, poor. but that's the way, but that's, I mean, but that's easily why Trump can say, look at Chicago, look at Chicago, look at Chicago, when Chicago. And that's why he's always going to keep saying, look at Chicago and never Kentucky. Mm-hmm. You know, we only going to talk about Kentucky and West Virginia when we want to talk about coal miners and bringing coal back. Or heroin. When we want to talk about problems of urban decay, when we want to talk about poverty, when we talk about entitlement programs, and it's, oh, look at Chicago. You know, like, look at look at Detroit. You know, because we wanted to look at New Orleans, because we want to talk about cities where there's black and brown people, and that's what you associate with them. They're never going to talk about poverty and talk about New York City because that's his house. And even there. and even when they're talking about coal miners, they don't talk about like the real shit that's affecting coal miners. Right. It's like let's bring back lungs. back the coal mines, but let's not give you any insurance that's actually going to cover you. There's not even safety. You, like the the, the there, there there are no safety measures because those companies make hand over fist by making sure that those people don't get what they need uh, in terms of uh, proper like equipment, proper. Uh, and then file apparatuses for, for safety, and then file for bankruptcy when they get found guilty. Just like of, construction companies, like of, after they finish their being, bill, being responsible for people, people's deaths. Yeah, yeah. 
And just like construction companies, after they finish their build, they'll build a complex or whatever, whatever, and they'll just go out of business and, like, you know, restructure under a new name, keep it moving, whatever. That way they're not liable for any of the crazy shit that they, any corners that they cut. But it just also seems sometimes like, you know, the coal miners is is this kind of blanket term, just like thugs are niggas. Mm -hmm. Coal miners are unskilled white white workers. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, there's a And manufacturing. Yeah. I, I, my my solution to that is very simple. Uh, it is known that there are over a million unmanned tech jobs averaging or starting at about 75,000 per year. Unmanned jobs, which means that we can have these jobs today if people had the skills. And with the internet and, you know, if they're we had get those more- skills in the charter schools. Hmm? I said they're going to get those skills in the charter schools. <laughs> last week on oh, NPR. Man. Last week on NPR, they were actually talking about um, a guy who actually was a coal miner and um, I think was actually in Minnesota and not because unbeknownst to many of us, we think of, you know, Appalachia, Kentucky, West Virginia when we think of coal. But apparently Minnesota has some of the largest coal reserves in the country. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was a guy up there who, you know, because of all the issues with mining and layoffs and everything like that, um, he took alternative uh, job training and he learned how to code. And so even though he is currently because the mine is up and running in the mines working, he also works on the side, you know, as his side hustle um, doing coding. And he has taught many of his coworkers to code so that they can, you know, go and right. Exactly. So they can go and have jobs when the mine, phases out. But the other reality is this, and this is something that he was saying, and this is something that we have to consider, and this is something that we haven't. You know, um, there's a lot of people who are not going to be interested in coding. There's a lot of people who are not going to have maybe the math skills or, you know, the computer skills necessary to code, and they're not interested in developing them. I think one of the things that we have to consider in this country is that there are people who are only going to be fulfilled by some kind of physical labor. Tactile. Right. Some kind of physical tactile labor. And we need to figure out where in our economy there is space for them. I think that Silicon you know, Valley, we like that it was not so heavily roboticized, they can do that. Um, well, and Bill Gates is talking about we should be taxing robots that are going to be taking jobs away from people because what we going to do with these people? Because, you know, when they talk about manufacturing how it's not coming back because of automation, people in Silicon Valley are talking about surplus people. Think about that. Mm-hmm. They 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 want to advance their business models and their products so much so that they are aware of the fact that like people are going to be totally irrelevant for this sector of this field. And which is a scary thought because and, and, what and happens when you start thought, having surplus people? Well, you know what? You, like, well, what is well, your attitude towards them? But then what happens is that the other thing that people don't know about Silicon Valley is that they have a culture of people who are prepping for disasters. Most of them are actually prepared for civil unrest as opposed to a natural disaster because they are very aware of the fact that they are pushing society to the brink. <laughs> know what? That's actually okay. First of all, I'm going to ask you the guy that codes, um, in the um, the coal miner that codes. Mm-hmm. Please send me that article or the whatever wherever you got that from. Please I like will. send. Matter of fact, the, the 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 story. There's a story that was on NPR. I will put that in. Uh, 
I'll send that to you to put in uh, on the page uh, about uh, from Fresh Air about billionaire preppers, most of whom are from Silicon Valley. Okay. Um, and then the coal miner story was also from NPR. I'll have to do some digging for that, but I'll, I'll put that in there for you. But I mean, you know, like we in this week, I think a lot of us don't really think about the bigger picture. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, nobody has said to the coal people, hey, wind and solar aren't your enemy because, you know, we don't have to have mines. We can manufacture this stuff here. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, like nobody is offering these alternatives to these people. And I feel like the governors of these states are, you know, guilty of, I guess, what would you like uh, malpractice? You know what I'm saying? They're not doing their jobs because if you're a governor in a state that is heavily reliant on coal, even if you're not actually, according to your state's GDP, heavily reliant on coal, but you know that culturally you are and that there is a strong, politically strong segment of the population that is, why haven't you gone out to figure out what is replacing coal? Right. Why haven't these people they know gone out is. to figure out what is replacing manufacturing? Right, exactly. And I feel like, you know, instead of, I think too many people in this country, our society is so concerned with instant gratification that people with vision um, who see the long term picture and are thinking about long term investments and are looking at the long game the way, you know, the Chinese tend to look at the long game. The Chinese think generations ahead. You know what I'm saying? Don't think when they were giving out their little baby girls to people all around the world, they weren't thinking about that was like soft diplomacy. We would be foolish not to think that, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like, you know, when they, you know, decided that they were going to turn hundreds of millions of people out of the countryside and into cities so that they could do all this manufacturing, you know, they were thinking about the long game. Has all of their strategy always been most effective for the long term? Not necessarily, but at least they're thinking for the long term. The Middle East, there's a lot of Gulf states, you know what I'm saying, who are looking at wind. They're looking at solar because they're like, yeah, this oil shit ain't going to last forever. And mm-hmm. we got to find a way to power our own people. You know what I'm saying? So it's like there are lots of people who are taking strategies for the long term. Americans don't. We, we are reverting. Think about what we're going to have we're right reactive. now. We can't even think five years into the future. Yeah, we're reactive. And we're not proactive. So I just feel like our whole political system on some level is broken because None of the people on the local level, none of these governors, none of these, you know, Congress people are going out and saying, hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know that this is a big change, but we can make this better. We can we can ease us into something different. There are other industries out there that can be tapped into. Okay, Um, so on that note, but that's not happening. I I hate to cut it off or whatever, but uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is why I love doing this damn show. Man, this is fire right here. I appreciate, once again, my co-host, Miss Christy Hunt, a.k.a. K. Savage. Thank you. T. Rich, as always. Thank you. I appreciate y'all. Slim, I appreciate you, even though you're not with us right now. Um, Yeah, so this has been shit you might have missed on Flash Black Radio. Hopefully, this has been informational, informative, edifying, all that good stuff. And uh, again, this is flashblackradio.com. Please look for us on iTunes or Google Play in the podcast section. If you're using it on your iPhone, just pull up the podcast app, not the music app. And you can find us uh, type flash slash black 
And also on Facebook, there's a group, Flash Black. How about that? Just uh, type that in. You'll find us. And we're also on Twitter, Flash Black News and Flash Black Radio at Twitter. Uh, so check us out there. Thank you so much for mis- listening. Please continue to tune in. Please share us. Please give us feedback. Let us know what you like, uh, what you'd like to hear more of. Uh, we like uh, feedback and comments and all that good stuff. Don't just hit us with the like button. Like, get involved, y'all. That's what we try to do this for. We want the actual interaction. So thank you so much for listening. Stay blessed out there, people. Peace. The ending felt kind of like you're having sex and no one comes. Just I know. Ab- it was an abrupt cutoff. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, no, we're not going to finish yeah, I was trying to. I was. I was trying. Great story, Christy. But let me. Uh... When, I, when I asked her, when I asked her to send me the link, I was actually phasing out then, and she like went. She was like, yeah, she was getting started. I know how Christy gets, and I was like. Oh.